Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, December 19th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. You know what they do? They make you healthier. Healthy teeth, healthy body. A lot of times that's the case. That's what Mike O'Neill has dedicated his life to. Give him a call. Become their next new patient at Today's Dentistry. Great staff over there. They have a lot of fun doing the right thing by their patients. 317-849-2933. And don't forget the great stocking stuffer for Christmas. Oops. Available in audiobook. I voiced it myself. Voicing an audiobook, I got to tell you, you know what? You can have more fun with your life than voicing audiobooks. But in the end, there it is. It's my story in my voice, and I like it that way. You can go to audible.com to order the audiobook. It delivers, obviously, instantly. You can get the ebook too. All of that available at amazon.com. Just search Oops and Kent or Sterling, whatever, any combination of Oops and Kent and Sterling, up it will pump. Uh, it, it populates. That's what it does. Let's talk about National Signing Day. Indiana, not great. They lost Kalen DeBoer. DeBoer is going to become the head football coach at uh, uh, Fresno State. And so Indiana, without an offensive coordinator, Recruiting becomes a little bit difficult, and those people who waited to the last minute to kind of make their hard commit and sign their letters of intent, some of them declined to sign with Indiana because Kalen DeBoer is not going to be the offensive coordinator, and no offensive coordinator has been named. That's the way it goes. You win, people come take part of your staff. That's the way, that's the way life works. Success begats interest, begats kind of extracting some mining of, of human talent at football programs. And so Indiana didn't have a terribly good day. Their class, one four-star kid, we'll talk about him in a minute, ranked number 49 in the country and, um, you know what, number 12 in the Big Ten. The guy that they got, the four-star kid, was Rashawn Williams, a wide receiver out of King High School in Detroit. So there you go. The rest, three-star guys, a lot of them from the central Indiana area, which is good for Indiana. you got to get the best and the brightest from central Indiana. 
if you want to compete nationally because if you can't recruit Indiana, how the hell are you going to recruit Florida? You know what I mean? If you can't compel some kid from Carmel to go to IU and play in Bloomington, how are you going to get a kid from Tampa to come to Bloomington and play at IU unless nobody else wants him? All right, Purdue, 22 signees. Their class ranked number 30 in the country, number 7 in the Big Ten. It had been higher during the day. I saw where it was 27 at several junctures. And uh, that's in number 6 in the Big Ten. That's not the way it finished. They got three four-star kids. They are Michael Lalamo. Uh He's a quarterback out of Mount Vale. Uh, that's St. Joe's, uh, New Jersey. Uh, St. Joe's High School in Mount Vale, New Jersey. Actually, you've got Malik Carr, a tight end, 6'4", 230, out of Oak Park, Michigan, and Tyreek Murphy, 5'11", 220, is running back out of Christ the King High School in New York. Notre Dame, two five-star kids, their class ranked ninth. I saw it during the day where it had been 13th, so they moved up during the day. And the two five-star kids, by the way, the entire Big Ten only got two five-star kids. So that tells you something about Notre Dame's class. Also tells you something about five-star kids and where they want to go to school. They want to go to LSU and Clemson and Alabama. They do not want to go to Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. The two five-star kids went to Ohio State. Uh, Riley Mills, he is uh, he's not a five-star kid. He's a four-star kid, but he's from Lake Forest, Illinois. And, and so he's going to go to Notre Dame. He was recruited by Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese, a kid also from Lake Forest High School, a Lake Bluff kid. And uh, so uh, Tommy went to work recruiting Riley, and Riley, so Riley's going to come to Notre Dame. Jordan Johnson, a five-star kid. He's a wide receiver out of DeSmet High School in St. Louis. I know how to pronounce it because I lived there for two years. One of the great things about living in a place is learning how to uh, pronounce our high schools without having to look it up. Nice. And I've lived several places in the Midwest. So there you go. Johnson is 6'2", 180 pounds. You've also got Chris Tyree. He is an all-purpose back out of Dale High School in Chester, Virginia, 5'10", 179. So locally, not a tremendous day, but a good day for the Irish. Good day for the Boilers. Not so good for your Indiana Hoosiers. The, uh, the Colts, they practiced yesterday. They've still got two games to play this season. And Frank Reich said... They've kind of got to reconfigure their season goals. They're not going to win the AFC South. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to the playoffs at all. So at 6-8, and eight, you got to figure out what you're going to play for. They want to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. They want to build momentum toward next year, although it's really, really questionable as to whether winning a couple of games in what has become just a train wreck of a season for the Indianapolis Colts, whether that is going to provide them any momentum moving forward and whether any momentum is really a good thing or not, whether it even exists. Uh, they've got some injury issues. Danico Autry is in the concussion protocol. Quincy Wilson's got a shoulder. Uh, you've got Kenny Moore still uh, banged up and not practicing. And then Malik Hooker uh, did not practice yesterday as well. Uh, he said that there are no plans to activate Chad Kelly. This is the question du jour. It's got to be asked. Kevin Bowen of 1070thefan.com asked it yesterday. Somebody has to because fans are really interested in Chad Kelly. They are really curious about whether Chad Kelly is going to play, what he would look like, because when they saw him in the preseason against guys who are not destined to earn 
a regular season paycheck in the NFL. He looked really good. He's got an NFL quality arm. He can move. He moves in the pocket. He appears to be kind of dynamic. So why not take a look? Fans want to know. Well, coaches are in the business of winning games. And while it doesn't really matter to fans whether they're 6-10 and 10 or 8-8, eight and eight, other than those who care only about draft positions, doesn't matter to fans, it does matter to a head coach. Because uh, not having a losing season is something that means that's meaningful to a coach. If you can go 8-8, eight and eight, you know what? Frank Reich, he's never had a losing season. You can say that, all right? If you go to 6-10, and 10, you can no longer say that. And all of a sudden, at 6-10, and 10, Frank Reich is a middling 500 coach during his first two years as head coach of the Colts. And people, because of the lack of organization this past week and really the past four weeks, people are kind of scratching their heads now where Frank Reich seemed to be absolutely the guy to be the coach for the Colts. Now people are wondering. They're like, wait a minute. And they looked completely bamboozled. Had to call stupid timeouts. What the hell's going on around here? That didn't happen last year. What's happening? Is it Brissett? Is it Reich? People starting to ask those questions. And those kind of questions, they make coaches nervous. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has gone to the coaches and said, hey, look, these are some things I think I do well. How about we do some of those things? Frank Reich said, that Brissett came to the coaches yesterday morning. It was a timely question by somebody. Asked, hey, have you talked to Jacoby Brissett about that sort of thing? And uh, Reich kind of went like this. And he said, well, as a matter of fact, he talked to us this morning. So maybe we see some different things, a few wrinkles in the offensive playbook that really feature Jacoby Brissett at his best. We'll see against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers, you know what they got. They got McCaffrey and they got Keekley. All right. Defensively, Keekley. They've got some guys who can go get the football. They got guys who can put pressure on the quarterback. And then McCaffrey, you got to stop McCaffrey at all costs. One of the most dynamic players this year in the National Football League. Um, first win on the road by a Big Ten team last night Michigan State over uh, Northwestern, 77 72. Ball State with a huge win over Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech and the ACC, Ball State goes down to Georgia Tech and beats their ass. At one point in this game, uh, Ball State was up 56-31. to 31. Ball State rolling. Tajay Teague playing really good basketball this season for Ball State. Uh, they win 65-47. Ball State now 6-4. and four. Telling you, James Whitford has done things right in Muncie. He is putting together that program slowly, surely, with Central Indiana kids who have kind of been, there are a lot of these guys, a lot of really talented Central Indiana kids who are not recruited by either Butler or Purdue or Indiana. And so a school like Ball State can come in and be that port in a storm for a really talented kid. That is Ball State's kind of sweet spot recruiting-wise. Whitford is getting a lot of those guys, including Tajay Teague from Pike High School, and so Ball State last night absolutely rolled over the top of Georgia Tech. It was on the ACC network. So I watched. I, I, I saw the score. I watched. They looked terrific. Good for Ball State, man. Love having kind of that fourth team in central Indiana that we can pay some attention to. Uh, Jerron Coleman last night, 17 points. 
They led 33-15 at the end of the first half and then came out and scored the first couple of buckets and went up 35-15. to Mark Emmert is really concerned that people don't trust the NCAA. He's meeting with senators. He does not want national legislation that is going to render the NCAA irrelevant. The NCAA wants to be an autonomous uh, member group that self-governs college athletics. But what it's become, there are two reasons why there's a lack of trust for the NCAA. Number one, it looks from the outside like a white man's millionaire club utilizing African-American employees to feather the white guy's nests. It has that appearance. The second reason is that we have become really, really good at reporting on corruption in college sports, and the NCAA has been really, really bad at legislating and in monitoring corruption, legislating against and monitoring corruption and punishing for that corruption. So when people see corruption, when they believe corruption exists, and they watch guys skate scot-free because of that corruption, people, they shake their heads in dismay, and a lack of trust becomes kind of the defining feature of that fan experience with an organization like the NCAA. So you've got to fix that. Either you've got to have the reporting be of uh, all that's good with college athletics, or you have to clean up the corruption. You have to have one or the other. If it's going to be corrupt, you can't have people report on it. If people are going to report on the corruption, then you have got to clean it up, or a lack of trust will follow. That's just common sense. There's, there's no secret why it exists. It's what to do about it. There has always been corruption in college athletics. Cleaning it up requires the members to become very, very interested in the process of cleansing college sports of that corruption. That, that's a tough, that's jumping the Snake River Canyon and, and evil Knievel. That is really, really difficult. That's a tough thing to get done because corruption benefits all equally. A lack of corruption, all of a sudden, you level the playing field. College football and college basketball, like where they are in terms of popularity with fans, it's a good thing. When Ohio State and Clemson and LSU, Alabama, not this year Alabama, but it's a good thing when those schools, are the, Oklahoma, are the participants in the college football playoff because we like to watch those teams. If you've got Utah, Wake Forest, Indiana, no offense, and, and uh, UConn, or, or maybe more realistically, um, let's say, uh, let's pick a bottom feeder from the SEC, let's say Kentucky. All right, so you've got those four schools in the college football playoff. You know who's going to watch? Nobody. No one will watch. We have no idea who plays on any of those teams. There is not a star. There's not a star coach. That's what you're going to have. If you end corruption in college football, college basketball, same way. We love to watch Duke because we will root either for or against Duke. We love to watch Kentucky because we'll root for or against them. Michigan State, 
same thing. Kansas, same thing. Louisville, same thing to a lesser extent. All right? And then in the Final Four, if, like you do every once in a while, you've got a George Mason or a VCU or a Loyola, that gives us another great narrative for the, for the NCAA tournament. See, you can do it. See, that helps, right? So if you've got Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Loyola, you've got a dream Final Four. If you've got, um, let's say, uh, you know, let's say Penn State and Georgia Tech and Miami and, let's say, Oklahoma State, there ain't anybody going to watch. Are you kidding? So the haves, having is good for the bottom line in college athletics. Ending corruption will end, in some part, the dominance of those uh, those elite-level programs. Because how do they get dominant? We know that. What are we, stupid? You know, and we see it. We saw it at Louisville. We see it at Kansas. We see it at Arizona. We see it at NC State. We see it all over the place, at least reports of entrenched corruption, paying players, and that kind of stuff. Illegal recruiting, uh, improper benefits, all that kind of thing. North Carolina, academic fraud at the highest level, classes that didn't even meet for 47% of the attendees were athletes, but 53%, they weren't athletes. So this isn't an NCAA deal. All right. We know what the story is. What are we, idiots? So that's why people don't trust the NCAA. How the hell are you going to fix that? I really believe Mark Emmert would like to fix it. And I believe he knows how to fix it. But the members, they won't allow it. This isn't a Mark Emmert problem. This is not an NCAA problem. Meaning the NCAA, the people who work in the building in Indianapolis. This is a problem that exists at the member level. And the members have no interest whatsoever in cleaning this up. So it's not going to be cleaned up. So what are you going to have? You're going to have legislative bodies uh, in states and then uh, nationally stick their noses in that, and maybe that finally gets some activity among the members to to do what's necessary to make this thing right and, and make it also not a white man millionaires club with African-American employees or, given their level of play, servants. All right, birthdays. That's our, our little NCAA 101 uh, symposium for the day. Uh, the great Mike Goodpaster celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to Mike. Uh, Michael Kelly and, and Mike Goodpaster and I, we do uh, a couple of these a week podcasts on Indiana basketball that are enormously popular. And thanks so much to those of you who listen at uh, uh, you know various websites, thegruelingtruth.com among them. Where, uh, where that's available. Michael Kelly, happy birthday, Brad Barnes. Aaron Adele, happy birthday, Carol Banta. The great Glenn Klein, former owner of Camp Menominee. Guy who taught me some things about parenting. Thanks, Glenn. Happy birthday. The great Ernie Mills, happy birthday. The great Blaze Loop, happy birthday. Very few people have made me laugh as hard as Blaze Loop can make me laugh. Lisa Wynn, happy birthday. Jenny Carrington, Nick Burkus, happy birthday. The great Paul Mills, who is featured in a chapter in my book, Oops. I was just, man, what a goofball I was, not Paul. Paul is just a great dude. Happy birthday to Paul, lives down in Florida. Matthew Susie, 
Happy birthday and the great Freddie Coleman. Happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. And if it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, sports, nothing but sports, we're going to be talking to and about the Indiana Pacers. I wrote about them yesterday at KenSterling.com. I love watching the Indiana Pacers. They play basketball the way it's supposed to be played. When you've got the best players in the world playing the correct style of basketball, which doesn't happen often in the NBA, I am all in. I've watched every game this season. I will watch every game this season. I could not be happier with the level of play of the Indiana Pacers and their style of play. And I want to remind you, the audio book, the e-book, available for Christmas, oops, by me, all my mistakes, you can learn from them, uh, from my mistakes, so you don't have to make them yourselves. We'll talk to you at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.